Well, here we are again, episode 127 of the Rollin' Ramblin' podcast. I honestly couldn't tell you what I've been up to recently, because there's been so many little tiny things that have added up to weirdness. Now, it's interesting, because I don't like this time of year. Like, I don't like Christmas. I never really have... I don't know if I've never really have liked Christmas, but I think as I've become an adult, Christmas has just sort of become more of a pain in the ass. I'm pretty sure if I went back to, like, the first couple of podcast episodes, maybe I mentioned it. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't mention it because, you know, it's almost been a full year since I've been cranking out these episodes, and maybe the fact that I had some... like, direction and a project to focus on that that I, I didn't notice it as much. I think I was still in a weird place because that was, you know, uh, like a month after that other breakup and, um, you know, there's been a, a lot of sort of stress around that. There's, there's different stresses I got going on right now. And... I just, I think Christmas always inherently makes me feel weird about the obligations of having to go somewhere. Parties, talking to people, sending cards, giving gifts, all these different things. And yeah, you can say, well, you know, you don't have to do all that stuff. And, um, you know, you can say no to different things. Well, to you, I say. You haven't met my family. Um, and... And some of it is is okay, and some of it is is fun, and I can find joy in, in those moments. But typically this time of year is pretty dark and gross and feel kind of weird. Um, so the things that I'm doing to combat that are, you know, drinking more water, which I always talk about and then fall off on, you know, getting more sleep, those types of things. Um, I haven't been doing super well in the sleep department, weirdly enough. Um, lately, um, I think generally for the longest period of time, I've had some sort of weird sleep pattern from Sunday night to basically Thursday night. So, so Friday night to Saturday morning, sleep great. And, uh, and Saturday night to Sunday morning, I sleep great because there's sort of no obligation to get up and have to be anywhere and I can sleep. And, and so I, I'm pretty sure that sort of subconscious um, issue or the, the if you, I don't know if you want to call it trauma because everybody talks about those words nowadays. Um, it was just about getting up and being late for work all the time. So I kind of always got woken up a lot of the time um, with that. And I think obviously sleep apnea had a bit to do with that in, in hindsight as well. But I just tend to not sleep that well unless it's the weekend and I think it's the obligation of schedule and stuff and obviously if I ended up working a new job here um, that requires weekends I applied for a job at a bank and it if I end up getting that it might require weekends so um, that could change the whole scenario I'm not a hundred percent sure anyway on to the matter at hand I speak a lot on this podcast about 
you know, finding my happiness. I did a forty to a thousand dollar challenge, you know, um, trying to make money. I've, I've continuously tried to make money online with um, with projects, and you know, they always say, sort of, don't make money the first focus of everything that you do. You know, find something that you're passionate about and that you you enjoy, and then the money will follow. Well, I enjoy podcasting, but there's no money that comes from it. I enjoyed the YouTube channels. I actually looked at my Rolling Motivation YouTube channel just recently, and there was a beginner workout I did um, on the LeBert bars back in March 2020. And that is now up to... 994 views. So even the last couple days, because I checked a couple days ago, it's gone up four or five different views. Or four or five more views, rather. So, you know, I've got... And then the next one below that's my Toastmaster speech from 2014 that's like 475 views or whatever, right? And so it's become a level of curiosity around why that video took off compared to the rest of them. I mean, and I looked at the naming convention on that video compared to some of my other videos. And, you know, there's there's a little bit more description in it, but, but not a ton. Like, nothing that would necessarily make it, like, warrant it to have that many views over that period of time compared to some of them that have been around since day one and only have, like, 75 views. It just, the online algorithm and the want to make money online is just something that's been eating at me for, for a long time. And I can't seem to figure out why it's so important to me. The closest I've been able to come up with these, with, with, was with these three ideas. So I'm sharing them with you and, and, and it's. I'd love an email or a chat on any social media platforms that I have or anything like that on, on what your thought is around this stuff. So number one, I think I attached my, my self-worth to views and likes and, and all that kind of stuff more than I wish I did. Uh, and you know, in the beginning you just keep doing stuff and pumping out content and you pump, pump out, you know, in the first 30 days of this podcast, I did 30 episodes or 30, you know, I think maybe even 31 in, in, in the first 30 days, because I had two that I did. I remember one I did, I wasn't sure if a guest on, on episode, I think it might've been episode 26 with Joe, that, that I didn't know if he was going to be on it. So I'd done one just before he let me know. And then, um, I ended up, so basically doing two that day. So I think there was 31 episodes in the first 30 days. Um, but once you start building something and you start promoting it, and I even paid somebody on Fiverr to promote it, and it worked a little bit. But, like, podcast promotion is actually kind of difficult, you know, especially with the saturated market and how many podcasts there are out there and everybody listening to podcasts. and um, It's kind of get hard to get yours discovered. And in the beginning, at one point, this podcast had been ranked on chartable the personal journey um and it was in the top 250 for like 48 hours which was really cool and i don't know how it got there like i have i still have no real clue on what 
made it pop initially because the content is pretty much the same. It's just me coming up with an idea and chatting about stuff. And I think that's the same issue with the YouTube channel. Whereas like the LeBert fitness stuff, it was labeled, you know, uh, beginner LeBert bar workout rows. Like, so I did those upright rows type thing from laying on my back. And I think what I've figured out is that Number one, that's something practical that someone was looking for because they were people were buying Libert bars left and right because you know everything had been closed down with COVID, and they were working out at home, so they were looking for workout ideas. So I think they were just googling it and watching it and those types of things, and maybe just a guy in a wheelchair popping out of his chair and doing some stuff might have been something cool to watch for a few minutes, right? Um, and then the other ones, most of my other, all of my other videos are the same as this. They're just me sitting in front of the sort of the camera and chatting with you the listener and myself basically just talking about stuff and i don't necessarily know how engaging that is for the population i mean i always envy somebody like theo vaughn and bill burr and those types of things because they can just sit and they can make a compelling podcast for you know an hour or 45 minutes or whatever it is and and even longer sometimes and i just I'm I'm unable to do that on a big scale. And this was the interesting part coming through all of this stuff. So coming through, um, you know, the, the few things that I've been going through recently personally and, and, and you know, those, and then the, the job hunt and then Christmas and then, you know, every once in a while I get sort of physically run down or, or something's happening so you know you just don't have the energy to keep going after something sometimes and like i've said before you run out of content you know I, i've thought about it a lot and um, talked to mike who's been on this podcast uh, quite a few times we um we met for wings the other night and i was mentioning to him that you know with the youtube channel with the podcast with the written blogs with the multiple websites you know i'm the guy coming up with all that content and it's a lot to come up with. But recently I've been really wanting to look for like what actually makes me happy. And I think we've talked about this a bit. Like I, you know, I talked about the wonderment of being seven because my niece is seven and all that kind of stuff. And I've talked about this in, in variation many, many times. But I think one of the things that isn't talked about enough, because everyone now is either, um, it seems to me there's like no middle ground for a lot of people, right? There seems to be this, like people going after money online and doing all this stuff, or, you know, don't focus on the money and focus on your passion. Well, there's trouble with that, right? There's trouble with both of those. The biggest issue about focusing on your passion is what if somebody doesn't like it or like you in what you're talking about, right? Even if it's your passion, you're still only going to put a podcast out for a certain amount of time before it fizzles and dies and nobody wants to listen to it anymore, right? Because you're going to lose steam. You know, I'm, you know, I do fits and starts lately you know and going through some different things and that's kind of how this podcast rolls but 
Like it's just me sitting down having some talk therapy with you on the other end. And I can appreciate everybody that listens to this. I appreciate you. Appreciate if you share this out. I appreciate all of that stuff. But when they're looking for like a thousand listens, a thousand downloads for me to be able to make like basically 10 bucks monetizing this thing, you know, for me to make any income out of this, I got to have a hundred thousand views on a podcast. And I just, I have just over a thousand in a little less than a year. And, um, you know, I average sort of three to six listeners on this thing. So that's great. It's, it's still wonderful because it's knowing whenever I put a podcast episode out, there'll be you guys there. And obviously if I'm doing it more often, you'll be there more consistently. And I appreciate anyone that's listening to this, but here's the thing about following your passion. Eventually that sort of fizzles away and, and you want some, you want some level of statistical data, monetary return, increase in listeners, in order for you to keep going to the level that that would allow you to sort of continue on with this. Like, you know, so it there's there's pursuing your passion, but at some point it has to have a it has to have a a, a return on investment either for your happiness, which means like you're just doing it for the people or, or you get feedback and you're getting people calling you and telling that your podcast is good. And I get a, f- a few of those things and I appreciate that. That's part of the reason why I still do, you know, these episodes. Right. Um, and and I think the other, the other end of it is if you're just chasing the money, then you're trying to find something that, isn't necessarily something you're going to be happy with. You're just doing the next trend or you're trying to throw money at stuff and, and you might not be good at that thing. So you're going to get some frustration there. So where do you, where do you go with all this stuff? And me being Mr. Rolling motivation, I'd really look at like, where's my motivation with all this stuff now? Like what, what am I, what am I doing to end my 2021 in a positive place and start 2022 in a positive place? And in the last episode, you know, 126, I had those four tips for making it, for, for happiness, right? And this has really been a process for me of, like, I'm going to use a weird analogy. You're kind of like seeing me, you know, you're kind of seeing a caterpillar turn into a butterfly, but like consistently. I'm sort of always opening up with different ideas and, and I struggle a lot with my own identity and my own self-worth and my own insecurities and all those different kinds of things. And I drive value from, from weird places. And I, I, you know, it's, it's easy nowadays to blame, like everybody says, well, you got to figure out where all these negative sort of ideas came from and, 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 you know, how much is it your parents' voice and how much is it your, your, you know, your surroundings and all these different things. And, and. I honestly, the more I look at it, the more, the more I don't even think it's my parents. Like it's, I mean, they have lots of different things and we had our own issues with money and those different types of things. And, and we all had our own struggles within the family for a lot of years. So I think a lot of that stuff can come from that. And I think the idea of, you know, just different things about, you know, family talking about me talking too much and you know how you can be, so don't do this or you don't do that or don't text anybody some 
people too many times or, you know, those types of things. But in terms of general, like, business success, like, they have no... They, they sort of have no stake in it either way. Like, they want me to be happy and healthy and they want me to see some success. But, but I think, like... You know, the only thing Mom and I ran up against was um, that, you know, she used to say, well, I, I'm just glad you're not promoting yourself on the internet like you used to be. And I was like, but, and that's something that, like, Mom just didn't understand because of, like, generation, right? It what Like, who else was going to do it? Like, I'm, I don't work for a company that's going to promote my podcast. Or I'm not hired as a radio anchor that's going to be able to do this. Like, I have to promote my own stuff. And that was all part of that process trying to find that audience, trying to people to get people engaged to, to what I was sort of doing. And and I think, you know, society spends a good chunk of time beating somebody down that has a disability. They just do. Right? And I think, you know, friend Anthony, who I think might have been on this podcast in like the second or third episode, you know, we were talking the other day and he said that, you know, you have to put some consistent focus towards anything that you do. And I battle with that when, when, when he says that, because I want to take that as open advice. And I think he's right, like consistently going towards a target. But when you're doing something that you don't know a ton about, like what is the target? I mean, rolling motivation. Yeah. Well, the target was, I wanted to be a motivational speaker and I wanted to be, you know, the next Tony Robbins, and I wanted lots of views on my website, so then people would click the AdWords, and then I'd make ad revenue there, and then that would cover my cost to go and speak for free, and then maybe write a book and do the same thing, and, and we'd be able to do all these workshops. You know, um, the accessibility consulting, same type of thing. I wanted to be able to sort of have a blog around that and, and different different things that people were talking about. I started a Facebook group. There was a Twitter account that I've now changed to Cool Vehicles, of course, because nobody cares about accessibility on Twitter, in my opinion. Even though that's not true, that's just what I used as an excuse because I didn't want to start another Twitter account. And then, of course, the Cool Vehicles thing. Okay, cool. There's tons of people that want to talk about cars, tons of people that want to be in part of my group and part of the Facebook page. And... and but then I try and sell shirts and nobody wants them. And, you know, and then I go to Teespring with these new t-shirts for unmotivated tees that I tried. And, you know, the, the lettering is off and, and the testing of the products didn't necessarily work out to the level that I wanted to. And then if you go local with t-shirt printing, then you've got to worry about fulfillment on your own, which puts me in the same place that I was before. The last cool vehicle t-shirt that I sold to someone I think I lost $12 after figuring out shipping, and they were up in Ladysmith. They were like an hour and a half away. I could have driven there for probably the same amount, right? You know? Or next time I was passing through, I could have just chucked the t-shirt out the window or, or whatever. But, but I mean, the, the plus is that I've tried all these things. And I think it gets interesting when, when you realize sometimes that the people that are giving you the advice on what to do haven't actually done the thing that you're doing, right? I mean, Anthony has done a podcast with his buddy about health and different things, and and that's one of the things that I, I look at, too, is this podcast is just super generic. It's just a dude talking, and is that really something that that you can do without a following? Like, you know, if I, if I had 10,000 YouTube followers and a bunch of people on Twitter and all that kind of stuff, and then I threw this thing together, and that same community... 
and then went and followed this and started listening to this because this was the new platform that I wanted to reach people on, then maybe there's something there. But I also realized, too, one of the things that keeps me from a lot of monetary goals and a lot of different things is because my goals monetarily are very big. Not that I want to make a huge amount of money to flash and flex and do different things, but I want to own a house. And I don't care what people say about housing prices. I don't care what's happening with the economy right now. The undertaking of me owning a house and living in subsidized housing, it's a very big leap and a very big gap. And I said, so, well, like, in order for me to sort of do the whole law of attraction thing and just think that the impossible is possible and go through that, you know how much mental strength and anguish that takes and, and consistent focus and different things that takes? Well, I have this. I have this, you know, instant of the goal's too big, and it's it's very, very difficult to stay positive on something when you don't see any traction towards that goal, right? You know, even if I went to go get a, a better job that paid more, you know, to save the amount for the down payment and those different things is, is another difficult undertaking on its own. There's a lot of moving pieces to owning a house. There's a lot of moving pieces to being able to be self-sustaining. There's a lot of moving pieces to a lot of the things that I want. And this brought me to a crazy realization around whatever it is that I'm doing. Because my advice to somebody, in if I was going to give my own self, like coaching advice, I'd tell them, you know, well, is there any way you can break that goal down into smaller chunks and then achieve these different things and do all this kind of stuff? And it's like, well, kind of. I mean, I could go look at, you know, first-time homebuyers, 5% down, and average house price is this. This is the kind of house that I would look at. This is the price that I would look at. This is how much I would need. Then this is how much I would need for income. Okay, so then... So then you're back in square one. Then then you're trying to find that amount of income based on whatever you're doing, right? You know, um, so you can not only magically save this huge down payment and then, and then also have the income to qualify for the mortgage to cover the payments and not starve to death eating a 150-pound bag of rice from Costco every day. So how do you get there? Because currently, based on my recent track record, you know, finding somebody to move in with and own a house with in the near future is, well, let's just say I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put a positive spin on it. That has not happened yet, so I still have to focus on doing it myself. Do I think there's gonna be a big shift in the real estate market coming up here pretty quick? Uh, I'm hoping so. I don't know if there will be, but either way, there are people out there doing this thing. Um, and, and, and they're still making it happen and they're my age or younger. Um, there's people out there, uh, there's an iced coffee hour, which is with Graham Stephan. He talks about financial advice for younger people. I think he's younger than me. And he started his YouTube channel about five years ago and he makes X amount of dollars doing this. And then he has a, a YouTube course that he sells and he has, you know, this kind of stuff and he just sort of keeps cranking away and then he invests in a lot in, in real estate with with those things down in California and then you know has has those kind of opportunities and then he talks about even index funds which are index funds for anybody that doesn't know index funds are mutual funds that are are basically tied to the index of the market the S&P 500 or the uh, 
you know, the, the Toronto Stock Exchange or whatever. Um, and they've typically, on average, those markets return 7% historically. On average, there'll be some updates and some down days and some differences. So if you keep putting money into those, eventually you'll just accumulate wealth the Warren Buffett kind of way. It's slow and methodical, right? Well, most people don't want to wait for that. But he's doing all those different things, and he's talking about this stuff, and he's got a pretty big YouTube channel in the last five years. Same with the last couple of people that he's talked to. They're younger, and they've started a YouTube channel. One guy that was on there today was doing credit card reviews down in the States, and he was doing pretty well with YouTube channel. And so they have all these sources of, of income from small little places. And it got me thinking, because I do have that 1,000-view YouTube channel, uh, you know, a thousand view video on my YouTube channel, and I do have some of these podcast episodes that have gone up to 10 and 14 and, and 21 views, and considering the average audience on a episode is five, I'm pretty happy with that. You know, but then if we're looking at chunking down my goal and breaking it down into small edible pieces. It's not just about, okay, I need to make this much money so then I can save this and then make this down payment to do these things and then make the income to be able to afford the mortgage and, and just keep chasing that. It's gotta be different than that. And this is the advice that I would give myself or anybody else in this situation. Is I think oftentimes when we set goals, we put blinders on so, like, this is the goal, and this is how it has to be done, and these are the ways that this is the only way I know how to do it. And I think there's some some validity to that. But I think the other thing is, is we need to also look at smaller things. And I think I mentioned, I might not have mentioned this on the, on the last episode, but I've been thinking about this a lot. What if I found five things to make $100 a month on top of whatever job I got? And I got one thing to to $100 a month, and then I got another thing to $100 a month, and so on. So I got five things to $100 a month. And you're like, well, that's only $500 a month. Yeah, it's $500 a month extra that I can then put into more investments or maybe find some local startups and start taking a bit more risks with that money. The other thing that would happen once I got those five things that got to $100 is then how do you get those each of those five things from $100 to $300? And then all of a sudden it's $1,500. And then to $500. And then you've got $2,500 extra income every, you know, every month. And $2,500 extra, just in case anybody was wondering, unless my math is off, which it's not, it's $30,000 extra dollars a year. You know, so if I had my living expenses covered and I was able to make an extra $2,500 a month on side income, fairly passive, usually hopefully hiring people off Fiverr because I did that for an SEO experiment with domain authority on cool vehicles website. So we'll see what happens in the next 10 days. He had a 14 day deliverable. I think it was on the 30th. I gave him the assignment. He's a, like a North American guy. So we'll see what happens. I might've just burned 150 bucks. Might turn out really well. Anyway. So if I can get those, some, if I can get a project to a hundred dollars a month and then four more projects to a hundred dollars a month, and then eventually grow them to $300 a month and, $2,500 a month, even if it takes another two or three years, that $30,000, if I don't need to touch it, and I'm putting it into some strong investments, I'll have that down payment for the house that I want or the condo that I want in another five years. So I'd be 45 and be able to be a homeowner of some sort out of here and then build some equity in there. Um, 
hopefully have a job that pays well enough to cover the mortgage payment and qualify for it and all that kind of stuff. So I think my lesson for this overly rambly half an hour uh, podcast episode is breaking down goals is good, but breaking them down even further and stretching them out can be better. Because I've not only now just broken the goal down to something completely tangible, I've now stretched out the target. Like because before I didn't, I, I wanted to have. I've I've said for years that I wanted to own a house or get out of here. Uh, you know, in the next, um, I think I set the goal to to be out of here by my birthday, which is still six months away. So the fact that I don't have any any of those other income opportunities happening. Um, to move me out means that I got a bit of work to do. So, I mean, still finding that base stable job that will allow me to pay more income and pay more rent if I get a chance to, if I, if I can't move into a, an own, an own property, which is fine. Um, you know, and then also maybe if I, by the end of six months, if I can get to that 500 to a thousand dollar extra income, that just helps me put that money away and save for the down payment, it might be slower, but at least I would still be out, which is the first goal, is to get out of subsidized housing. Granted, I'm super happy, super lucky. It, you know, if I end up staying here longer, I'm, I'm, I'm less against it than I was, but having the goal to get out of here by my birthday is something that I really, really want. And leaving it up to the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, whatever sort of mythical being you believe in, if you believe in any of them, is also a good plan too, because if there is some sort of clairvoyancy or some sort of deity that helps us through this whole process, which in in a lot of cases we've had bad things happen, and I wonder if there is somebody up there helping us sometimes, and I can see why people feel that way. I have sort of never questioned that. I've always sort of questioned what the what the hell? Like, I've kind of questioned, like, why didn't you help with that, or why didn't you help with this, or why didn't you help with whatever else? Um, but if you're leaving it up to that route, the idea of trying to find the path yourself is not always the best plan. So, leaving it up to, to the universe, let's call it, you know, to, to sort of be more politically correct for people that may not have those beliefs that I do. Um, you know, leaving that that sort of plan for for the house and the and and the relationship and the and the car and the the, the hot rod and all that stuff and and me trying to do it before my parents are 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 no longer with me is an interesting thing too because I put so much pressure on myself. I'm also assuming their expiration date, right? Like my dad's sixty six and my mom is sixty nine. And to assume they're only going to be around for another five years is kind of morbid too, right? You never know when people are going to go. I could have, I could go tomorrow. I could get hit by a bus. My friends could go. I could do all sorts of things that 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 could change plans drastically. I could also get a job in the next ten or fifteen days that changes a bunch of things. But I think the idea behind goal setting for me needs to change a lot because I talk about it so much. I write so many goals. I write so many lists. I break down so many things and I beat up my brain so much to try and figure things out that I got to let it breathe a little bit and just go for the basics. Like you got to walk before you can run. I mean, I know that's a bit of an irony talking to a guy in a wheelchair, but 
but the idea of just making some money on the internet and then growing that money that you make on the internet and just continuously growing it until you find something that, that actually works for you. And also within that, for me trying to find something that actually excites me. Because the thing that people don't realize, and I don't think I articulated enough, is that all of the things that I started at one point excited me to the point where I wanted to do them initially, and then when they didn't pick up enough steam in the beginning for me to make anything happen, and not, it wasn't just about making it, making money and monetary value for me so I can feel better about myself. It was also about, like, especially with the accessibility consulting, for instance, and, you know, when I, even when I was doing social media management through Rolling Motivation and some keynote speaking, I didn't make enough money to, to pay the bills, like to even sustainingly pay the bills because I wasn't on disability, disability benefits back then. I had got back on, you know, recently, so I'm blessed to have that, that as coverage, even though my value in myself, I have a very, very difficult time being on, on income assistance from the government. Even though I'm very blessed and I understand the reason I'm on it, it's because I have less opportunity to go out and work a physical labor job or a waitress job or anything like that. So that's kind of why that's there. And once I take that stance on it, it's okay. But I still have trouble with that. So stand on my own two feet as we speak to, to be able to take care of myself is something that I've always wanted to do. And that's kind of where I'm at with this. Is just the extra breakdown of goals and trying to come into this new phase of, of whatever this podcast is going to continue to be, which will probably just end up being this, maybe a little more advanced, maybe some more guests, different things. But um, I just really appreciate everybody that's been with me on the journey. If you want to email me at steve at stevebertrand.ca or steve at Rolling Motivation, I'll get them. And I'd love feedback. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, hit me up any of the social media platforms, please share this out. If you have any ideas for content or things that you want me to cover, I'm all ears. And this has been episode 127 of the Rolling Ramblin' Podcast with Steve Bertrand.